0: Darren, it's so exciting, the Inglorious Live Tour 2023 is continuing, and with the lead singer, me, and-, uh, and, 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 and For uh, now. And I'm, and I'm yeah, right, exactly, on guitar, it's Darren Doctorman and on drums, it's Ashley Edward Miller, what a band. Sometimes I like to switch to drums occasionally, and just, yeah? you
1: know, push Ashley off to the side.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're thrilled, because we are having such a great time uh, around these uh, wonderful United States. And it's only because we haven't been invited to Europe yet. It's our um, mostly
1: live tour.
0: It's our mostly live <laughs> tour. And it, it, it's been terrific. And, and we're going to be uh, as, you know, uh, obviously um, we go every year. It's It's been uh, a long tradition. We'll be back at the San Diego Comic Con July 19th through the 23rd. And of course, uh, we're looking forward to bringing uh, the great Starship Smackdown back to San Diego. Um, and uh but uh, then uh, the following week July 27th to the 30th we're going to be in uh, Raleigh North Carolina did i say or, that right or Raleigh oh, okay one day i'll get it right well, but, well uh, we're, we're not going we're going to rally to pronounce Raleigh correctly we're we're not the only ones uh, guardian of the galaxy uh, karen gillan will be there uh, charlie cox from the the daredevil himself uh, paul wesley who uh, you know and love from vampire diaries that's right. Um, <laughs> Ian Summerholder also. Uh Stephen, Stephen Mel. Uh he uh he did not fail the city. He's gonna be there. Uh and Billy D. Williams. Will he have oh, any Colt 45? That'll be exciting. Oh wow. Who we have here.
1: <laughs>
0: That's right. You surely belong with us here in North Carolina. In Raleigh. <laughs> Find out the uh, gas mining business is really starting to pay off. Um Marina Surtis will be there feeling great joy and gratitude for her invitation. Uh Love John that. Delancey. Uh, coming off his uh, spectacular uh, um, uh, cameo appearance in uh, Picard, I think people are gonna have a lot of questions for the great John Delancey. Yeah, Brent Spiner will be there. Uh, Gates McFadden, Denise Crosby, um, and uh, will it's Friedel. gonna be a hoot. It's gonna be it's gonna be a hoot. But you know what? The, you know who I'm most excited about, and I'm sure we'll be doing the Q and A with him for the our first Q and A with him. Todd Stashwick, nice. No, yes. Yes. No, no. I'm therefore going anyway. <laughs> uh, we're uh, that's going to be great. Uh, he, he's 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 in the convention circuit big time, and I think people are really excited to see him. So uh, I know we are. And he's yeah. selling T-shirts. Is he? I think
1: so.
0: Okay. It's now,
1: <laughs> if you missed this in so San Diego,
0: and you missed us in North Carolina, guess where we're going to be the next weekend. Ah. The next weekend is something uh, big. Yeah, it is. It's the fifty-seven mission, fifty-seven year mission convention in Las Vegas, Nevada, with Las our friends at Creation Entertainment, August third through the sixth. That's going to be a big one. Yeah, that's going to be big because I think uh, it's a lot of excitement about Star Trek after Picard season three. So uh, people are going to be there, and they're going to be uh, they're going to be excited. Uh, hopefully, uh, it would see all these. I can't even begin to list everyone that's going to be there. It's it's quite a bit of people
1: but i'm you know. i'm trying to arrange some uh, uh karaoke time uh, yeah what are you talking heard, about you you know what i'm talking about
0: karaoke time
1: i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to get involved with uh, some karaoke with uh, people we know
0: <laughs> oh okay i just got it okay um <laughs> and uh, then uh, the, f- uh, the following month uh, we're gonna be in austin texas the great austin texas don't mess with texas september 1st to the third uh uh once again ashley miller will be joining us and uh the great jonathan frakes will be there along with many other members of the cast uh, uh our favorite gal- person the another great galaxy con yeah and uh bill shatner of course will be there gene carlo esposito brett bassinger from super uh from Stargirl, chris sarandon from fright night and uh i don't know how i'm gonna not get away with not bringing my son because matt lanter uh, who plays anakin on the clone wars and james arnold taylor who plays obi-wan are both gonna be there i think isaac is going to be uh demanding i demand it that i bring him to austin we'll see what happens i just want to keep walking by uh the
1: uh, obi-wan actors uh, booth and just say
0: hello there. (laughs) just keep doing it all weekend (laughs) that sounds great well if you want More information about any of these conventions or Columbus, Ohio, December 1st through the 3rd, go to GalaxyCon.com, GalaxyCon.com, where you can find out more of these great GalaxyCon conventions. Uh, If you're interested in San Diego, ComicCon.org. And, of course, CreationEnt.com for uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. We hope to see you at one or all of these shows in the coming months. And until then, on behalf of Darren, Astro Miller, and myself, keep on trekking all the way to North Carolina, ingloriously, of course. If you haven't subscribed to Trexperts Plus yet, you're missing out on some really great interviews, commentary, and shows. And here's a sneak preview of our recent conversation with Sarah Douglas. Ooh.
2: I want to know more about what these perversions were. All the unreasoning <laughs> hatreds. Start with either of them, honestly. <laughs>
3: I think, I think the hatred was the, uh, the short cropped wig that I was wearing and the mm. tight boots and the eyebrows that were stuck up with glue <laughs> and the, uh, the white makeup that they put on me to cover my freckles because supervillains didn't have freckles. Right. So I started the day mean. Right. And then it just got meaner. And,
2: and the hula hoops couldn't have helped.
3: <laughs> no. Yeah. How
2: did you maintain the hula hoops that, for that entire scene?
3: Wasn't it amazing? I'll tell you what was amazing is my feet were on fire. Um, there was that incredible light underneath. Uh, right. I, I don't know how many megawatts shining up to make us look, the, the three villains at the beginning, so wonderfully evil. But yeah. the the glass was absolutely red hot. And we had on um, contrary to popular opinion, who say I was wearing leather boots, of course they were kind of P V C, plastic yeah. yucky sticky sticky, got yeah. too hoty, not nicey. Um but we remained of course in character because <laughs> that's what is expected of you. But it wasn't difficult. It wasn't difficult when you when you are um dressed in such a way and and i you know i look at it now and i think wow not bad sir because it is like it's a different person and it's like embodying somebody and the number of people that i have said i was wearing a wig and they go i said yes, my hair was i just finished um the people at time forgot. Sure. I finished on the Wednesday, and I'd been off in the Canary Islands with the, the lovely, late Doug, Doug McClure, yeah. um, Patrick Wayne, and yeah. um, I had long hair then. So if anybody looks, they could see that I had long hair. And on the Wednesday, I finished that, and on the Thursday, I started Superman. And, and um, they
1: stuffed it all in the wig.
3: They st- nobody ever said, cut your hair. Oh my goodness. You know, that's what's so amazing. It was back in the day. I mean, nowadays, if you go in to meet directors and you're not blonde or you're not dark or you're not what they want, you don't get the job. Right, that's exactly what I've
2: experienced. (laughs) It's like just again and again. But it's
3: it's absolutely true. The idea of actually, you know, um, uh, nowadays they want you exactly the way they conceive you. But I mean, I can honestly say, and I think you'll probably all agree, that when I took my wig off and I had my long hair, um, I was ju- I was just, but I've never been a regular girl. I have to say, but I was a, kind of as regular as you could
0: be. Yeah. Well, you, if you enjoyed Ashley and uh, Darren's interview with uh, Sarah Douglas from Planet Houston, there's a lot more of that. And you can <laughs> listen at treksportsplus.com. That's treksportsplus.com. Go there and sign up and you'll get bonus episodes of Deck 78 uh, to complete your Inglorious Treksports collection. And
1: tell them you want more Altman free
0: entertainment. Ha <laughs> Don't miss a single episode at trekspersplus.com. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, one of the co-hosts of Inglorious Trexperts. And if you're a Trek fan, you owe it to yourself to pick up the 50-year mission, the complete, uncensored oral history of Star Trek. It's available wherever you buy books, digital, or audio. And speaking of books, check out my new book about the making of John Wick. They Shouldn't Have Killed His Dog. Also available wherever you buy your books. You see a pattern happening here? Well, what are you waiting for? Get on it! Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and welcome to The 430 Movie. And this is a very special week. Teach your children week. And, uh, and we—it's it's such a special, it's such a special week. It's such a special week that in addition to your regular 4.30 movie host, Steve Belching, Hello, I got a permission slip to do this
1: episode. Darren Docterman. That's another hour in detention for you.
2: <laughs> Ashley Edward Miller. I am sick of your foul language, your crude <laughs> behavior. And your sluttish manner, Mr. Altman. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I am Mark Altman on Thursday. And this Friday,
0: we're bringing in the substitute teacher. We got a very special guest, writer, producer, Michael Narducci, and 430 movie super fan. Uh, he's a super fan of the podcast, who in addition to being a former football player, showrunner, producer for such series as the originals, Superman and Lois, The Crossing, Medium, and The 4400, is also a former... Teacher,
4: Teacher. former high school teacher. I'm not a temp. I'm a sub for today. Okay, let's (laughs) go. Okay, all right.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. I have to say, this is a. I'm so glad we're doing this because it feels to me, uh, this is such an underappreciated profession. And it feels these days that there's a war against teachers. I mean, we're looking just recently, there was a principal in Florida who was fired for showing Michelangelo's David to his students. There's the list of banned books is growing every day. Librarians are treated like gangsters. And and these are are such an important part of um, educating our kids, of of making sure people are well educated, uh, inspiring a whole new generation of learners and I'm so glad that we can honor teachers by curating a fantasy theme week of great movies about teachers and professors, because even academia is under siege from people criticizing academia, whether it's elementary school or colleges. Uh, It's been so politicized and it's so terrible, but not here on the 430 movie. Here on the 430 movie, we will share the love for our educators. And to do that, we're so lucky to have Michael Narducci with us to help do that.
4: I feel like this speech will be played in faculty lounges throughout the
0: land, Mark. That was really that was really heartening. Well, it, it's true. I mean, and I want to ask you guys, um, because there truly is nothing as inspiring, you know, other than maybe MacArthur than a great teacher, uh, in terms of inspiring people or Patton standing in front of that flag. Um, but um, <laughs> okay, so I'd love to turn. know. Well, of course, that goes without saying. Well, I bet uh, all of you could right now say the name of your favorite teacher. Well, that's right? exactly, I, I actually wanted to start with Steve and ask Steve, tell us about a teacher that was particularly noteworthy and an inspiration to you uh, growing up, somebody who really helped shape your um, your your life and your career and was had such an impact on you.
5: Well, I, I was lucky to have a number of really great teachers. Uh, I went to high school in a little Colorado mountain town called Woodland Park that, um, had a small high school, but it was just this beautiful little town that attracted a really high quality of teacher that wanted to live up, you know, live and work up there. So I had a number of really great teachers. And I'm gonna save probably my most influential teacher for when I talk about my movie pick, but I had another one early in my freshman year uh English teacher was a woman named Diana Allen. And uh she was the first teacher who really took my writing aspirations seriously. I had written a short story or or a chapter from something as an assignment in class. And she thought it showed some promise and talent. And it just so happened that she was friends with a local author named Connie Willis, who is a a science fiction author. And her husband, Courtney, was a, a chemistry and physics teacher at the same high school. And so Diana, called Connie and asked her to come down to the school one day and talk to me during a class period about writing professionally. And Connie came down. Connie Willis, uh, this was very early in her career in the early 80s. And and now she's still writing. I think she has won more Hugo and Nebula awards than any other science fiction author in history. But Um, no Saturns. Uh, I don't think she has one of Saturn, no, but uh, she's a lovely woman. Her husband's a fantastic chemistry teacher. And she came down to the high school and sat with me in the library and talked to me for a full class period about, you know, submitting stories to publishers and 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 writing and 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 things like that. And it was, I wouldn't call her a mentor, but as someone who, it, it was very, a very inspirational uh, a moment. So I'll be forever grateful to both of
0: them. She said, one day that guy is going to write a Star Wars movie. And she was right. Um, <laughs> she was a big Star Wars fan. And we did talk about that. So Tuesday, cool. Darren, what about you? What, what, what's a teacher that really inspired you growing up? Well, when I was in, uh,
1: uh, when we had just moved to uh, Illinois, uh, suburb of Chicago, um, I had heard tell of this uh, music and band teacher in the high school. That was an absolute terror and kids, kids were afraid of him. Kids didn't like him. Uh, but the band system had been going so strong for the last 30 years because of him. Uh, it was one of the most, uh, uh, successful bands in the area. So when I got into high school, I was determined to, uh, find out how this guy ticked. And, uh, and I did, I got in the uh, in the, the freshman band and uh, he was a little bit scary because he demanded so much of the students and he wanted them to actually, oh, I don't know, practice and play the music correctly. Uh, but he also uh, had a very... He's, he was from uh, Mississippi. He had a, a very sort of uh, a Southern drawl to him, uh, but he also was such a professional. He had conducted orchestras in Chicago for years. He um, had been uh, leading groups all around town. He in the in the late seventies he was the conductor for William Shatner's uh, spoken uh, word uh, uh, tour, and it was. Truly amazing. Uh, this man was Fred. It Lewis. all comes
0: back to Shatner.
1: <laughs> it? Sometimes it it all wraps around to him. But uh, Fred Lewis was his name. He's uh, passed on now, unfortunately. But he had such a uh, a goal for everyone to do their best, and he was inspiring for that. And yeah, some kids didn't like him because they were slackers. Uh, but he inspired the he inspired uh, the bunch of us who wanted to. Uh, please him and do our best. And uh, he, I, I nearly became a musician because of, uh, because of him. And uh, uh, it, it sort of broke his heart when I said I wasn't going to continue on uh, at the end of my senior year. But uh, he was uh, one of the most inspiring and was the, the first teachers to sort of treat me like an adult. And uh, and give me uh, responsibilities and uh, and uh, with that, uh, you know, privileges, we had a key to every door in the uh, high school because we worked on the band
0: uh, uh, crew. So So did I, but I was not supposed to. I almost got thrown out of high school for that. (laughs) We we knew I had it. So I could go across the street and watch HBO during the day and then get back in without anyone knowing. Because my friend across the street had HBO and I didn't. And, and so That's great. This out. is not your story, though. I'm just telling you. <laughs> That's anyway, carry on. Any,
1: anyway, um, it, he, was a, he was a great teacher. He made uh, a, a very important
0: uh, mark on my life and uh, I will always remember him. Well, that's that's to see. I mean, already you can see how important these teachers are now. Unfortunately, Ashley was homeschooled. But no, (laughs) actually,
2: you know what? That's actually not completely untrue. Um, my, uh, in in a, in a certain point of view, uh, I actually, my mother was a teacher forever, elementary school, elementary school principal. My father was a high school history teacher. And then he went full-time into the army. I taught seventh and eighth grade English and creative writing, which is partly kind of how I ended up here in a kind of a, a roundabout way. And when I was a little one, I was my uh, my mother's uh, dissertation subject for, uh, for her uh, reading and writing, teaching methods, that kind of thing. So I was like, I, I learned to read and write when I was two because of my mom. So I was homeschooled, but, uh, and was but I'm watching not talk Caligula in fourth right grade. I'm going to save that for, uh, for movies not to watch with my mom week. <laughs> and, um, instead, you know, I, I got to say, uh, look, there's, there's my favorite teacher. And then there's the teacher who had the, the maximum impact on me. My favorite teacher was Miss Nelson, my kindergarten teacher, because she was smoking, dude. I would have like walked through fire for that woman. She was so beautiful. But, while she was my favorite, like she's she's probably like not the most influential I, I was lucky enough to have several um I went to a pretty great high school with some a lot of pretty great teachers. I had a pretty great teacher in middle school but my I would say the the most important uh was very likely uh Mrs. Lawson who was my ninth grade English teacher and before I started ninth grade, my mom sent her because they were friends because all teachers are friends, except for the ones who are enemies. Uh, (laughs) i sent her a bunch of my short stories to read. And she sent me this really nice note where she basically said, I can see you someday being out in Hollywood writing movies says so visually that's a,
1: that's a bad thing to say to a kid. <laughs> isn't it though? Um,
2: but she was great. She, uh, she realized about halfway through the year that I was not doing the reading that I was one of those kids who would sort of sit around, absorb what was happening in the discussion, look at the back of the book and then start contributing like a maniac. Uh, yeah, that was you. And she just handed me a copy of Catcher in the Rye. And she said, okay, so this semester she said, you get to read this and that's it. And then when you're done, we're going to talk about it. She said, because this is about you. Uh, and that was the second half of my my freshman year. Now, cut to when I was uh, teaching seventh and eighth grade. And uh, one day in the spring, we had what we call an in-service, which is where the teachers all sort of to get together and they talk about curriculum and all that other kind of crap. It was an English in-service. And uh, I was late to it because... Um, I uh, there was a problem with my car, right? Like the oil was effed up all kinds of things. I was like 45 minutes late. I go walking into my department chair's uh, house and I hear a familiar voice call out Ashley Miller late again. And there was Mrs. Lawson who was running our in-service <laughs> and I was infamously late for her classes in high school. so. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it just sort of an interesting journey, but she really, you know, it, I, I wouldn't say that I became a writer because of her, but she was the first person to say, you know, kid, like this is really the direction that you should be going. And, and this is this is what I see and just sort of supporting my madness. So there you go.
0: What about you, Michael? Was there a teacher that really uh, proved inspirational to you growing up? I think, you know, Miss Regina Hudak in the third grade was uh,
4: the first teacher to take personal interest in my uh, confidence as a reader. And I was kind of middle of the road. I was in the middle class, you know, how you have reading sections. There's the smart kids, the kids who need work, and then the, the kids kind of in the middle. And she pulled me aside and said, you know, I know you are a little bit self-conscious when you read out loud. That just comes with the more you do, the more you are able to do, you got to practice. And she gave me those choose your own adventure books Mm -hmm. and it unlocked something in me. And then she, when I really got through a whole bunch of those, I said, what else do you have? And she gave me Madeline L'Engle's A Wrinkle in Time. And Mm -hmm. when I realized that that was a trilogy of, of books, it blew my mind and I was off to the races. And like Ashley, I also had a uh, freshman year teacher who was the expository writing professor my freshman year, Dr. Rhonda Rockwell, who also saw a kid who maybe had a little bit of imposter syndrome and a little bit of lack of confidence. And I never confirmed this, but she always told me the story of how she bumped into Tommy Lee Jones, who was touring with The Fugitive at the time, and you know, on all these film circuits and festivals and things, and she said, I've got a kid who is a football player in college just like you were, and I wanna give him some advice, what would you tell him? And she tells me that what he said was, you tell that boy to cowboy up. And that advice really meant a lot to me coming from her, as she says it came from him, and it was just, you know, you only get this life once, so have at it. You know, it was my version of carpe diem, and that was that was a big deal to me. So, you know, I, I would hate to hear that she made the whole thing up. I think it's real. Well, and, what know, he know. what he
2: actually said was, "I don't care." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I, I no, might kill I my wife for you. <laughs> right. I have a question for you. So, it was all about choose your own adventure books. Did it occur to you at any point? that that is what your life has become sitting in a room like, all those pitches are basically choose your own adventure books. That's, that right. that's what you were taught at a that's young right. age. Yes. Oh,
4: that's it's good. a big deal. And I, I read them with my daughters now and they love them.
0: I, and it's years later. So, I mean, it's, there's clearly a formula there that works. 100%. Yeah. Well, I, 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 it's funny. I mean, you mentioned third grade, I I, I learned um, sort of self reliance in third grade from Mrs. Gordon, who was an amazing teacher, but she left me at the Museum of Natural History. So (laughs) I I learned quickly how to uh, um, go to the police and say, you know, I think I've been left by my (laughs) class. I I don't think it was intentional, but who knows? Um, But, uh, and, you know, and it's funny because in middle school, I had a teacher, um, Mrs. Radiloff, who was super tall. And and it would never fly today. She used to sing Randy Newman's "Short People Have No Reason to Live" in class, which I loved because I was very tall. But uh, that wouldn't fly fly today. Uh, I, but definitely, um, would she rattle
2: off all the names of the kids?
0: Yeah, she would. Here are all the
2: short children who do not deserve to live. But I, 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 I was I, I was lucky way, because different in high school
0: i had one of those really tough love uh teachers the principal was saul bruckner he was the principal of edward Morrow and he, he taught the only class he taught was ap american history so um you know i think i so i had him and thank god i did because to finish darren's story i almost got kicked out before graduation because i had the keys to the whole school and because bruckner who's a tough son of bitch loved me from being in his class they didn't kick me out of school and I was able to graduate <laughs> <laughs> and it was all because of Bruckner and uh, and then of course I, my professor uh, Tom Doherty, um who I'm still friendly with from college who was my phenomenal film teacher in politics and just uh, amazing and uh, to this day I'm I'm I'm, su- I'm super friendly with him and uh he gave me a lot of quotes for a lot of my books and it just inspired me to be a better critic and and just a remarkable guy and he he really and he really focused on um, uh huac and, edu- and and also uh co- code films and um uh, Hollywood during World War II. And so, so many things that it's just, such a great resource and a uh, terrific guy. So I was really lucky and he's still teaching at Brandeis and I, uh, but I was really lucky to be there for like his first or second year, um, back when he had good students. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty terrific. So these are some of the real teachers that inspired us. Let's talk about the fiction. Well, in some cases, fictional, in some cases they, they're real, uh, biopics. So, um, as always, we'll start with Monday uh, as, Steve, as Steve Melching brings us in <laughs> to teach your children well week. <laughs> yeah, let's start Monday with Darren's
5: pick for Tuesday. No, um, <laughs> it probably will be. I uh, My pick is a movie that um, really resonated with me personally when it came out, and um, it's a uh, A a, a terrific movie that I actually hadn't watched since it came out until this last week Um, but I I watched it again and it was every bit as powerful as I remembered it being and uh, it's a movie from 1995 uh, called Mr. Holland's Opus
6: Glenn Holland had a lifetime of plans to write a symphony that's what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And to raise a family.
2: Radio City Music Hall is proud to present Coltrane, Gershwin, Holland.
6: But before he can fulfill his dreams, We should do
7: nothing but compose music and become famous.
6: he'll have to face the music.
3: It was good. A teacher has two jobs.
6: Nobody could teach these children.
7: Fill young minds with knowledge.
6: You're telling me that you cannot teach a willing kid to bang a drum. But more important,
7: give those minds a compass. Turn around and keep marching. Left, right, left. It's
0: a compass. You're stuck. Now you're going a little too fast, a little too erratically. Just a little. There you go. Okay, what have we learned from this?
3: Mr. Holland, it has come to my attention that you are teaching the students rock and roll.
2: I will use anything from Beethoven to
6: rock and roll if I think it will help teach a student to love music. Now, despite life's disappointments...
7: There's something wrong with Cole. What? I don't think he can hear.
6: Despite life's frustrations...
7: You go off to school every day with all of your children. who are normal. I can't talk to my son. You care more about teaching other people than you do about me.
6: Glenn Holland possessed the passion to overcome it all.
3: I'm giving up the car now. I just Sorry. wanted to say thanks.
6: What do you
4: like best about yourself? My hair. Why? Um,
3: my father always says that it reminds him of sunset.
4: Play of the sunset. We were
6: dragged into this gig, kicking and screaming, and now it's the only thing I want to do. You know, the big problem here is that you people are willing to
4: create a generation of children who will not have the ability to think. We've done the best that we can. Your best is not good enough.
6: For 30 years, Glenn Holland found a way to make a difference. For us, congratulations, you found the beat. And of all the lives he changed, the one that changed the most was his own.
3: Mr. Holland, of all the teachers here, you're my favorite.
6: Mr. Holland's opus.
5: No, that's not your pick. That's it- not my pick. Oh, good. Oh. I, I thought wow, for that's
8: sure that was your pick.
5: So, Mr. Holland's opus, for those of you who may not have seen it or remember it, is a uh, movie uh, directed by Stephen Herrick, who at that point had directed uh, Critters. Critters. Bill and Ted's Bill Excellent and Ted's Adventure, adventure. Yeah. and The Mighty Ducks. Uh, it was written by uh, Patrick Shane Duncan, who uh, probably was best known for uh, writing 84 Charlie Mopik, uh and Courage Under Fire, sort of based on his Vietnam War uh, experiences. Uh, he was nominated for a Golden Globe for the screenplay to Mr. Holland's opus. Uh, it had music by Michael Kamen, the legendary composer. Uh, and of course it starred Richard Dreyfus as the titular Mr. Holland uh, Dreyfus was nominated for an Oscar for best actor for that performance and also the Golden Globe. Uh, also starred uh, Glenn Headley as Mrs. Holland uh, Jay Thomas the comedian as a the uh, coach at the at the high school uh, Olympia Dukakis uh, was the Uh, principal at the school, uh, an early performance by William H. Macy as the uh, vice principal and later principal at the school. And then as starring as uh, some of his students were Alicia Witt, who we talked about recently, uh, we remember from Dune, Uh, Terrence Howard, uh, who went on to star in Crash and Hustle and Flow and Red Tails and a ton of other stuff. And Damon Whitaker, uh, who was Forrest Whitaker's brother, uh, playing one of the students and Forrest Whitaker playing an adult version uh, of his brother uh, later in the film.
1: Lies, and- deceptions. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
5: uh, uh, uh. So this is a movie that I, it resonated with me because it's Richard Dreyfus plays a, a composer and his dream is to compose symf- uh, symphony, great music. And circumstances force him to take a job teaching high school and he doesn't really wanna do it. He thinks it's just gonna be a short-term gig to to earn a little money and then enable him to take some time off and compose his great symphony. And of course, he comes to learn that uh, the, the lesson that uh, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. And he spends the next three decades Uh, getting deeper and deeper, deeper, more and more deeply involved uh, in the school and students and learning how to become a great teacher. And it touches on so many great, uh, you know, uh, sort of teaching moments. Uh, It it deals with, you know, the cultural changes that are going on in our society. It starts around the time of the uh, just after the Kennedy assassination and it goes uh, into the 90s uh so there's a lot of great changes uh, in the student body and and uh just the 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 culture of our 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 country uh it also talks about what is appropriate for the classroom he gets into some trouble when he's trying to teach his students to appreciate music by introducing rock and roll to the curriculum and and some of those teachers especially William H Macy think that's just not appropriate at all to teach kids this this devil music Um, and also dealing with things like budgets and, and fighting to protect your department from budget cuts and, and what's truly important in a curriculum at school. Is it just, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic or are the arts just as important? Um, and it's, it's just such a moving story because he, and he reaches the, I won't spoil the ending, but when he's going towards the end of his, his career at the school, he he starts to wonder if his whole life has been a waste that he's never achieved what it was that he's always dreamed of doing Uh, and he comes to learn that um, he had such a tremendous impact on just these generations of students that went through and realized that maybe he did make a difference in the world after all just not in the way he was expecting and i just thought that's a beautiful story and. It resonated with me personally, because like Darren, probably my favorite and most influential teacher was my high school band teacher, uh, Craig Harms, who um, was probably kind of the opposite of Darren's teacher. He was a young guy, but just full of energy and wanting to make his mark. And uh, his father was also a a band director. And he came to our little mountain town determined to to make something of our of our little band and he he had had a champion marching band at his previous school and he somehow got our our, our turned our little high school Wind ensemble into a state champion marching band within two years. We placed last summer at band camp. Yeah, <laughs> by our, our our very first season marching in competition, we placed second in the state. And uh, the next two years, we placed first. And um, it was just you know the the way he was able to inspire. Uh, you know, students, we had about 60 wins and uh, maybe about 15 drums and uh, and then a color guard and just trans whipped this band into a lean, mean marching machine. And uh, it was just it's just so inspiring and, and, and creating so much loyal sort of loyalty and, and passion in his students and those were lessons that
0: I've carried with me my whole life. Darren, was uh, Steve right to think that this was on your shortlist? I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to be an
1: a-hole about this. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs>
2: this is fun.
1: It is precisely because I had such a uh, a music teacher in high school that I hate Mr. Holland's opus. Wow. I, I hate it from the first time I saw it to the second time I watched it. Um, <laughs> both times, I, I, I'm a jerk, but... Mr. Holland is a terrible music teacher. He can't conduct worth a damn. The piece that he writes at the end is terrible. Uh, And and all these students uh, succeed in spite of him. Um, I I, I hate it. I hate it with a passion. I I, I don't actively hate many things in, in, uh, in the world of movies. But this is one of them. Uh, it's, it's just so funny. Both. It's words, How do you so, really feel? Darren hates, so
2: hates
5: people that make a difference in, <laughs> in children's lives.
1: <laughs> uh, no. Hey, wow. Look, hey, it's not that big a deal. But I, it's it's just it's just funny <laughs> that I had such a strong reaction to this movie, uh, anti uh, this movie when I first saw it. Fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, and you're such a big Richard Dreyfuss fan too. I love to Richard say? Dreyfuss.
5: Be <laughs> yeah. very upset with you. You, you just hate the, the role he was nominated for an Oscar
8: for.
1: That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, That's correct. Darren. Well, apparently this is not going to
2: be your choice. So tell us. Well, uh, Ashley we... hasn't said anything. That's true. I mean, look, <laughs> I, uh, I, I certainly I don't hate this movie. Um, That's fine, I, I kind of like it. I, I will say that, like you know, like you, Steve. I had a band teacher when I was in middle school who was a major dick. And you know what? He didn't inspire me. He was just a dick.
0: Was his, was his name Major doing Dick?
2: Band. Uh. But it's like but I'm with <laughs> you in spirit, my friend.
0: Michael, what about you? Do you do you have uh, any affinity for this film? I think two things I'll say, and I I do share
4: some of Darren's uh, criticisms. But one thing that took my breath away about this film was just the amount of time. It really is this man's entire life, and the the kind of ending, the death of Ivan Ilyich was my life worth anything? And realizing right. that he had an impact on all these people, it was worth something. I think there's something beautiful about that that you don't typically see in a lot of films. You know, it was it was just a grand amount. Its of time. intent is beautiful. Yeah. And and, but I would also say, like, there's some something beautifully ironic about the fact that his child is uh, unable to receive the very passion that he is most known for because his Mm -hmm. kid is hearing impaired. And there's a Mm. little bit of irony there that it felt like a stab in the heart that I wasn't expecting. And that doesn't come until I think a little bit toward the middle of the film, you Mm -hmm, know. And um, and and that really hurt me a lot. Now that I'm a dad, thinking about you know wanting to share the things I'm most passionate about with my kids, and the realization that you would be unable to throwing you for a curve, I, I did identify with that quite a bit. So it wasn't on my short list, but I do understand the love for this one.
1: Well, I, we we identify with that as well, but uh, in our in our case, it's uh, uh, Star Trek uh, that we can't uh, uh, convey to this
0: next
2: generation. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can convey it to the next generation.
0: But <laughs> up, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, before we get into any more trouble or go down that rabbit hole, Darren, uh, what's your pick for Tuesday?
1: I'm fully prepared for people to say that they hate this movie, but <laughs> I don't think you will. It, just out of spite
4: and
2: yeah, revenge. Just out of,
1: spite, <laughs> just out of revenge. <laughs> the your movie, Darren. It's right. exactly. like the big
4: you. big revenge.
1: <laughs> uh, revenge. <laughs> revenge. I must have revenge. <laughs> um, I uh, I love this film uh, because it has uh, great characters across the board in this movie. Uh, and uh, the students have uh, individual uh, personalities and contributions to the story. Um, it uh, also has a great lead actor in it who is... Uh, uh, very subtle in his portrayal.
0: I can't believe you're going with Porky's. <laughs> Damn it.
1: Um, this is the uh, 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 film by uh, one of my favorite directors, Peter Weir, 1989, Dead Poets Society.
9: Gentlemen, what are the four pillars? Tradition, honor, discipline, discipline, excellence. Banner's up.
6: Welton Academy for boys, a breeding ground for the future leaders of America, an institution dedicated to achievement, virtue and conformity. A school whose rigid standards are upheld by every single teacher,
9: except one. Come on, Mr. Overstreet, you twerp, Mr. Anderson. Are you a man or an amoeba? Language was developed for one endeavor, and that is to communicate. No, to woo women. Mr. Keating. Some people like
7: to rock. Some people like to roll. But moving in a groove is gonna set
6: Touchstone Pictures presents Robin Williams as John Keating, teacher. Well,
9: is this a dagger
6: I see before me? Philosopher. I like Byron. I give him a 42, but I can't dance to him.
7: Orator. Oh, Titus, bring your friend hither.
6: And founder of the Dead Poets Society. A bunch of guys sitting around reading poetry. No. Thank you for playing anyway. What was the Dead Poets Society? The Dead Poets were dedicated to sucking the marrow out
7: of life. Spirits soared, women swooned, and God were created not a
3: bad way to spend an evening eh?
7: i hereby reconvene the dead poet society to strive
9: to seek to find gotta do more gotta be more <laughs> dare to walk a new path dare to strike out and find new ground i'm hearing rumors john about some unorthodox teaching methods in your classroom break out i'm gonna do it john keating he began by teaching english
6: now changing lives. I
9: got the part! Tear out the entire introduction.
6: Who put you up to it? Was it this new man, this, uh, uh, Mr. Keating? Are we just playing around out
9: here, or do we mean what we say? Vision, honor, discipline, rip, spread, tear. What is
1: this dip, poet society? I want names.
9: This is a battle a war. The casualties could be your hearts and souls. For the first time in my whole life, I know what I want to
7: do. Medicine, law, business, engineering. These are noble pursuits. Poetry.
6: Romance, love—these are what we stay alive for. That's
7: beautiful. Sit down, Mr. Anderson. My dear, sit down. What the hell is
9: going she on here? Seize the day.
6: Touchstone Pictures presents Robin Williams as John Keating. He was the inspiration that made their lives extraordinary. Dead Poets Society.
1: Uh, Robin Williams gives an amazing portrayal. Uh, of a young teacher who uh, basically is starting, uh, starting his career uh, trying to uh, uh, mold the minds of students who are in exactly the same place as he was just a few years previously. He, uh, he does it through his love of literature and poetry uh, and tries to indoctrinate them into the secret society of loving life. And it is a beautiful story. It is a tragic story for what happens to uh, uh, a couple of the students in the in the group, um, and it's uh, it's a sad story for what is done to uh, him uh, in terms of the uh, machinations of uh, the educational system, uh, frowning at actually teaching students anything. So uh, I. Highly recommend it. It has it is beautifully directed, beautifully acted. Um, it has an amazing score, and you will be in tears several times throughout the film. Uh,
0: Dead Poets Society. Um, oh, Captain, my Captain! That's right. <laughs> I'm so upset with you. Suck I'm the kicking you up out of life, to Admiral. Because carpe I, diem. I was going to pick this, and now I have no pick. But I, do no pick, pick, no but, pick. I got but, the
2: first two picks right. I just <laughs>
0: have them in the wrong
2: order. Oh, oh, right? I know, right? Me <laughs> too.
0: Ah, ah, ah. uh, but I think it's a great pick. It's a, it's a wonderful movie. It's, it's certainly, you know, it's funny. That was the era. Disney had three labels. It was Disney, and then they had uh, Hollywood Pictures, mm-hmm. The Sphinx That Stinks, that's because right. everything they put out under that label was awful. <laughs> now, Touchstone had this reputation as being cheap and lame, most of the time. And most of the time it was. It was the label that was kicked off with Splash. But occasionally they'd have something really special. You know, and Dead Poet Society was one of those. It's interesting because that was a film that was gonna be directed by a big, I think it was Jeff Kanew, who was a big commercial director. Right. And Uh, robin williams was not interested in doing the picture with him and so they brought in peter weir kind of at the last second and it's such a great it's such a perfect film for him uh and of course this was peter weir right after mosquito coast and Mm -hmm. before um uh uh, and after witness and he was just on fire doing all these fantastic uh uh, fantastic movies and uh it's 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 terrific And, and so many Uh, young actors that got their start. Ethan Hawke, uh, uh, Robert Sean Leonard, right? Robert Sean Leonard? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I think. So, um, and uh, it just is really, talk about celebrating great teachers and also the pushback you can get from the community uh, Mm -hmm. uh, when people don't approve, I don't approve of your methods, you know, when (laughs) they don't approve of, uh, of, and and, and it's sad because there was nothing more that he wanted to do with that to inspire people with the love of literature, the love of learning. And I think that's something that unfortunately is under siege right now. So and, his movie is more relevant than ever. And we have the wonderful uh, reappearance of Clarence Boddicker
1: as the villain.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like that, that scene where he walks in, he says, Bitches leave. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all doing coke. And like and Robin hey. Williams is there too soon. <laughs> I
0: don't know. And Robin says. <laughs> I'll see you at the party right
5: there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, this movie was a just a monster hit when it came out. It was one of the biggest films of the year at the box office. Incredibly successful. And, you know, Peter Weir is one of my favorite directors. And it's a, it a terrific movie. And I, I remember the summer it came out, I was working on a short film that starred Ethan Hawke and um, Dylan Cussman, who were both in the cast for this. So we would ask them about Filming the movie. But yeah, it really is a, a, a terrific, terrific movie.
4: The scene where he kind of gets down on his knees and all the kids are huddled around him and he says, you know, law, medicine, these are noble pursuits, but poetry, art, this is why we are alive. I mean, how is that just not burned into your skull forever? It's mm-hmm, it's just one of mm-hmm. the best moments.
0: Yeah, it's funny because Touchdown was doing stuff like occasionally when they would have these solid singles or doubles, like Down and Out in Beverly Hills or Stakeout, Stakeout One, not Stakeout Two, and you know. (laughs) uh, But then they had so many crappy movies, and then all of a sudden it was like you see Dead Poets decide, Like, where did this come from? Like, this is on just a completely different level. Because remember, it was Katzenberg. At the time mm-hmm. and they were it was coming from paramount and he implemented the same kind of cost cutting we, we had to do things super cheap and it was more often than not they were just these awful movies but then occasionally they'd be a real gem and this may be one of the best of them yeah
5: yeah i think it was an original screenplay too i remember the, the tom writer, shulman yeah tom shulman yeah came down to usc that summer and and talked and did a screening and talked about it wow um, from, from so the pick,
0: original obviously to- universally, uh Acknowledged by the, uh, there's nobody here who's Mr. Holland's open, opus opening uh, it. Fr- from the original writer of What About Bob, speaking of Mr. Holland. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and I love when you went up to uh, Richard Dreyfus at uh, GalaxyCon and reminded him of uh, your work on What About Bob and how, how pleased he was to see how I And how I, and and how I made fun of his laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you made fun of his life okay well now this is going to be interesting because we have two very well respected well-regarded films about teachers and, and and inspiration and then we get to Wednesday and uh <laughs> Ashley Edward Miller and we just don't know where we're gonna go now it's complete <laughs> anarchy so um I can't wait to hear what he has
2: to say so uh Wednesday's pick is the story of a of a boy who comes from a a broken home, perhaps the the most broken of homes. He has a father figure, of course, but then his father figure dies tragically, and he goes off and searches somebody who can really fill that void in his life, a teacher, someone who can teach him the skills that he needs um, to, to deal with the problems that he's facing in life, somebody with a very particular Um, Knowledge base and uh, just a very strange way of talking about things, but but really it evolves into one of the greatest teacher-student relationships of of all times, and 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 one of the finest meditations on the power of education. 1980s, the Empire Strikes. (laughs) I I was gonna guess that. I was gonna. Oh my god.
9: Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rescued the princess, destroyed the Death Star, but their story didn't end there. Now, the creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. continuing story of our band of heroes. Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, C-3PO, R2-D2, and Chewbacca. And introducing Lando Calrissian. It's an epic of romance. Of heroes and villains. Across trackless voids to unknown worlds. <laughs> A galactic odyssey against oppression. big, new, sprawling space adventure in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. Coming to your galaxy next summer.
0: We will allow it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now I'm tempted to keep it because I have to tell you, I... I told Darren and Steve ahead of time. I was gonna like, I was gonna, I was gonna play a prank on you
8: and do this just to
2: see your reaction. But now you're like, let's keep it. And I'm like, should we keep it? I totally think you should keep. I mean, Yoda, you know
0: what teacher are, are their bon mots and their advice more well known than Yoda? I don't think there's a teacher in the history of the profession. Who right. is quoted more? Who, oh, there's Seattle. Who's, whose yeah. philosophy is a spout. I mean, you know, I, I mean, just like Elizabeth Holmes on the uh, wall of, <laughs> um,
8: <laughs> uh, of Theranos,
0: she had, there is no try, do or do not. I mean, it's like, it's everywhere. I mean, it's, it's, Yoda is probably the most uh, inspiring, influential teacher of all time. <laughs>
2: you know, well, then screw it. I'm going to keep the Empire Strikes back by God. <laughs> it's like We've got a winner for That's Wednesday. That's just silly.
1: That's a Valentine's Day movie. <laughs> and
2: yeah, <totally>. <laughs> <laughs> and and that was the whole joke. But you know what? It's not like we need to recap the plot, which is also great. I mean, but it is true, Mark. I mean, Yoda is one of the greatest teachers of all time. And actually, the way that he approaches Luke is exactly the way that Luke needs to be approached. He understands that this kid does not need to learn how to swing a lightsaber and move things with his mind. Um, He needs to learn how to find out who he is at the center of everything and make good decisions, Mm -hmm. make them for the right reasons and what to value and how to think, right? And how also the dangers of not thinking. He needs to Um, find out who he is by Yoda not telling him who he is. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and sure, it's, sure, Yoda's wrong about everything. <laughs> but, but by God, he's a great teacher. You know? Um, no, he, and he is. And the thing about Luke is, he is, in the, in the context of this movie, he's actually, he is, I want to say he's a great student in the sense that he, he internalizes all of the lessons that Yoda gives him And then he goes off and he does whatever the hell it is he's going to do. But he gains wisdom from it. Like by the time we get to Jedi, he understands like that. Oh, yeah. You know, that's that's what I was warned about. By the end of the movie, actually, he understands that's what I was warned about. That was the final exam. Of course. And I, I survived it. I didn't pass it. I survived it. Just playing devil's advocate here. (laughs) <laughs> Darren hates
1: Yogi. the Empire Strikes Back. I don't. <laughs> I was, for the
2: record, I was I not going to keep this movie. This was a joke, but now we're here. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a great
4: thing. I, I actually thought yeah. you might pick it. I, I literally, the Wednesday off the grid. Like, I'm sorry, Darren. Let's, let's, no, think ab- let's
1: think about the lessons that Yoda is teaching Luke. <laughs> a Jedi strength flows from the Force. This is kind of like first day stuff, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, you know, I I think Luke should know about this by now. Anger, fear, aggression, those lead to the dark side. We know that. So does Luke. (laughs) Does he?
4: Yes. Do you think that the cave situation. I don't want to spoil it, but anyway, right. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that Yoda's doing? Because that is one of the most mind-blowing lessons in the original trilogy, you know? If it isn't Yoda's doing, then Yoda has no purpose in the movie. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, Darren, I, I'm a new uh, participant in these proceedings, <laughs> so please forgive me. I, With all due respect, it's I, I bow to your wisdom. I will say that, you know, one of the most important lessons you can give your students is you don't know what you don't know right and by approaching luke as this little you know imposter swamp being who's <laughs> that's know, fine that that is the first you can't judge a book by its cover mm-hmm. and luke completely fails Luke and, fails of everything yes, <laughs> yes yes i i do appreciate that and i also agree with mark that in the mount rushmore of great teachers in cinema Master Yoda is on that on the, the x slab. He is, uh, you know, it's maybe about the same level as
1: Mr. Miyagi.
4: Yeah. Now you are always good about not talking about other potential picks. So.
6: Please, sir. Flag on the yeah. play.
0: I mean, you know, he's not renowned for his syntax or anything. Ten yards he is defense. defense. He's Although not known for his syntax. syntax.
2: So. Yoda <laughs> talks like a goddamn maniac when you think that he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, when right, he's the goofy like he's just, Yoda, but, but yeah, then he but talks, then talks normally, he talks yeah. completely normally, and yet, and, and Steve, I have to look at you in judgment, <laughs> so in the Clone Wars, Yoda talks like a maniac, like, I mean, I guess because he does that in the, in the prequel, so you're stuck with that. But, like, but for some reason, he went back to maniac talk Like well, when we got to the prequel. When
5: I got to write him in Ambush, I followed the pattern of Empire Strikes Back, where he's yeah. talking like a maniac when he's trying then, to calm the clones down, but when he's dropping the wisdom, he talks normally. Yeah. 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 But I can't say the same for all the other writers on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Look,
0: I, and I think, is there any better lesson... Then teaching patients when you know Luke uh, you know tries to bring up the X wing with the force and he keeps dropping the X wing into the bog and and then they, he storms off petulantly and, yeah. and like and and he says I, you know and then Yoda brings it up to I that, don't believe it John Lex. and that is no, why you failed no here's you a said. lesson
2: he didn't teach Luke and he should have don't kiss your sister sure she's got a nice <laughs> yeah, yeah, rack and a skirt full of goodies but it's damned illegal
1: a skirt full of goodies.
5: I, I always I always kind of wanted Yoda to put the put the X wing back. Yeah. Right, right. Now it. like, yeah. now you do it like right. now you do it when you're ready you'll be able to do it <laughs> you're not uh, going
0: anywhere it's like when he didn't want him going to Best Ben, he should have just got <laughs> yeah. yeah go go help your friends now see <laughs> he says <laughs> you turned into edward beings. d robinson go up your friends now watch, yeah. Eh? Yeah. you're never gonna get to best bin. guess my business will pay off for you see luminous Come on.
4: beings are way but you dim are <laughs> that's a well, subversive Ashley... piece to drop into an action adventure movie luminous
0: yeah. Pink, are we that's a yeah. beautiful one it, Loom- it is. Right. And speaking of luminous right. <laughs> carrie fisher oh my yeah. God. i thought you were talking about
4: yourself i thought that was the transition into <laughs> thursday yeah that's not <laughs>
1: crazy no well, we, carrie fisher we have... getting her getting her star on the walk of fame this week 18, oh, yes. and, and
0: well deserved boy for so many reasons you know, a, a great actress, a great writer, great personality, and Shampoo. a Hollywood legend. You know, the daughter of uh, Debbie Reynolds. I mean, so much, you know, so much, and she died, you know, way too young. And yep. I've told this story before. I'll never forget being backstage at New York Comic Con and driving on a on a on a cart, uh, and 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 Carrie Fisher gets on, sits next to me, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm sitting next to Carrie Fisher, and I'm like, should I should I talk to her about Hannah and her sisters? <laughs> I gonna tell you, and she just throws glitter at me and throws glitter at everyone and then I got off the cart and I, I went back to see a bunch of people and they said oh dude you got glitter all over you, you should wash your face, I said this no. is Carrie Fisher's glitter, I'm, I'm never going to wash my face again. ever again <laughs> <laughs> the star of Hannah and her sisters and when Harry met Sally um, <laughs> anyway so okay Thursday well first of all Wow, I'm 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 kind of shocked we are because uh, this is not where I expected to be at all. I had uh, Dead Poets Society ready, um, and then I had as as a backup. Thankfully, I had Woody Allen's A Rational Man, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Emma Stone, which is Strangers on a Train meets Match Point meets Crimes and Misdemeanors. However, I can't pick that because you guys left. Let me go up the middle. You left it open for me. <laughs> you all know what I'm gonna pick. This is the most predictable pick. Uh, I'm shocked, but of course we've picked, it, I think twice now in the 4-3 movie, but for teacher week, I cannot possibly ignore the paper chase. Harvard Law School, Cambridge, Massachusetts.
6: Since its founding in 1817, it has produced 75 United States senators 200 congressmen, 11 Supreme Court justices, and an undetermined number of dropouts and breakdowns. That's just a screamer, man.
9: Screams every Friday and Sunday night at exactly 12.
6: This is James T. Hart, class of 76. He has a birth certificate, a driver's license, a high school diploma, a draft card, a college degree, and he's about to spend three more years of his life chasing another piece of paper. Loudly, Mr. Hart. Fill this room with your intelligence. I haven't read the case. 20th Century Fox presents The Paper Chase. All that stuff about grades is true. You gotta work like hell. We use the Socratic method here. They're just grades, Kevin. You come in here with a skull full of mush, It's a number, it's a letter, but it determines salaries and futures. Professor Kingsfield? Yes? You want to get drunk? That is the most intelligent thing you've said today. There's no guarantee that we're all going to be here in the spring. Some of us might have nervous breakdowns. One more word out of you, Anderson, and I'll lock your head in your attaché case. What did you say? The paper chase. Every guy in this house almost flunked out the first year. It's not too hard to see why they had broads on the brain.
3: Do you mind, there's someone following me. Just to the corners, all right?
9: I'll walk you home. I'm telling you, Hart, the worst thing a law student can do is get involved with a girl. I haven't been working hard enough since I've been seeing so much of you.
7: And it's all my fault, is that what you're saying?
9: Why didn't you tell me you were Kingsfield's daughter?
3: Our relationship has changed.
9: It certainly has. <laughs> I, I feel like an intruder.
3: Not in
6: his bed, but in his study. Oh my God, he's back. Is he
9: getting the kitchen? So what did he say? Well, he just said he hoped it wasn't a law student. The paper chase. I found something. There's a room above the stacks where they keep all of the actual notes the professors took when they were law students here. I want to see the notes. I want to see Kingsfield's notes on contracts. I shall be irrational. <laughs> <laughs> Panic has descended.
6: Oh, my God. What have you been doing in this
9: room? Oh, well, you may flunk me!
6: Mr. Hart, here's a dime. Call your mother to have a serious doubt about your becoming a lawyer.
9: Look, he's got you scared to death. Oh, you're going to pass because you're the kind the law school wants. You'll get your little diploma, your piece of paper that's no different than this, and you can stick it in your silver box with all the other paper in your life. You are a son of a...
0: And the paper That was my chase, second choice. I, I look, I figured I wish I was, was kind of figured you would pick it. or maybe you wouldn't just because we picked it so many times or you've specifically picked it, right. But, um, look, i I, I, I not only relate to that movie so much, um, John Hausman as Professor Kingsfield because, as I mentioned earlier, my high school principal, Mr. Bruckner, was exactly like him, uh, other than the fact that, Probably gave me a little more encouragement at the end than Kingsfield ever did, right? With Mister Hot, but uh, it has it has one of the great scenes, uh, you know, which is, uh, and we've talked about this before, Darren, haven't we? Which is, um, uh, here's a dime, call your mother, tell her you're never (laughs) going to be a lawyer. And John Houseman brought such gravitas with him because, of course, he had produced movies and and radio and, and theater with Orson Welles. And for most of his career, he was a producer and a a writer. And it was only late in life, much like John Huston, that he became an actor, also. And uh, what a terrific actor he was. um, Because, of course, who could forget those E.F. Hutton commercials? (laughs) E.F. Hutton, we earn it. But uh, no, and it all came from here
1: with your skulls full of mush. (laughs) And if you survive, you leave thinking like a lawyer.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and, and that's how I always pictured, you know, it's Harvard Law School and it's like you go in and no one is encouraging you. No one is inspiring. Like it's forcing you to push yourself Yeah, because he wants the approbation of this teacher, which he's never going to get. I mean, it's heartbreaking. The end. He, barely, he says, you've changed my life. And it's like he doesn't even remember who he is. Yeah. But <laughs> it doesn't matter because he pushed him to go beyond where he thought he could be and to be a better person than he thought he could be and you know it's not the perfect film it's directed by James Bridges it's very well directed as a score by John Williams the third act is you know eh, you know and, my, and and of course James Naughton is in it and there's some some great uh you know who's also in it um uh uh the guy was uh on the pegasus in galactica i, I which i never can believe um, uh, the, yeah, uh, and the n- number one to Michelle Forbes is, uh, um, uh, uh, uh no, but he, he's, he's Ford in the paper chase, which like you can't believe because it, it's like no one has changed physically and just like completely don't recognize the guy. Um, uh-huh. but, uh. It's such a great film. We we keep coming back to this it. film. It's very hard. It's on DVD. It's on digital. There hasn't been a Blu-ray to the best of my knowledge. Uh, and it's really hard. I mean, I think it's on TCM it's often hard to find but it's such a special film and John Hausman who I think was nominated for what best supporting actor yeah. yep. um may have even won did he win he might have he won. won yes he, he won. won yeah and then he went on to uh play this role for several seasons in the Paper Chase TV show uh first on CBS and later on Showtime yeah. and uh, and PBS or or PBS or, for a season yeah yeah and, and Showtime right or it was on C yeah so anyway yeah. um extraordinary. It's a great character. Um, it's a great performance. Um, and Timothy uh, Bottoms is not bad. And you know who's luminous in it? Yeah, the Lindsay bionic, bionic woman, woman, the bionic woman. Oh,
2: my. Before God. she
0: was the bio before she was bionic, she was luminous. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> the
2: luminous woman. <laughs>
0: And, and it really, you know, and it really captures that sense of, in college where, you know, you're up all night and you're studying and you're, you know, you just think, oh, my God, I'm totally going to tank this. And, you, you you know, you're just freaking out. And it's just, in a way, <laughs> I, I this sounds terrible, but it's sort of an elegy for uh, a thing that doesn't exist anymore, because I think you know, school in general and everything has become much more nurturing, which I guess is for the best. But... Uh, I kind of like being, pushed but I wouldn't want to have a
1: lawyer uh, brought up in the modern times.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of this doggy dog kind of thing, and you know, fortunately, you found your tribe—the people that you were with, your friends that would support right. you—and you also, what an asshole this teacher is, right? But it would be like you would be pushed further than you thought you could be pushed, and if you were successful, you would push back and be successful. Yeah. And I know that that kind of is that a vogue. It's now considered kind of bullying tactics, but I, I don't know. I, I've had teachers like that and I, I felt it was very, you know, I, it was, they were great. And I just loved, I just love this movie and I love that character. And- well,
5: they Those teachers really kept you on your game. I mean, this movie captures that terror of being in the classroom and not wanting to get called on and put yeah. on the spot. Uh, and I think we've all had teachers like that. And and sometimes it, it can just be mean. But other times, you know, they force you to make oh, sure yeah. you do the reading and, and, and then right, come in
0: prepared because yeah. you knew that that was a risk that you would when be you on when and you not make his ass.
2: I had a professor who would literally like take the kids who would just kind of repeat back to him the things that he would say. And the trick worked every time. Huh. He would lead them down the primrose path, allow them to believe that they were just saying the argument that he was going to say. And at the last moment, their moment of victory, he would turn on them and tell them how they were exactly wrong and in excruciating goddamn detail. Mm. I watched like, you know, I mean, look, we're in college, grown ass men (laughs) burst into tears and I was delighted by it when when you go That's what you get for doing the reading man when you go
1: through something like this you are in fact changed and you are changed for the better uh, difficult times make stronger
0: people it's like forging yeah, steel in a forge when you yeah, you have this exactly intense flame you know, but some, for some people, it's not for them, you know, uh, obviously, push I don't mean the paper people. chase, but that experience <laughs> of being pushed. Because Some people are dealing with, you know, genuine anxiety and depression, and I can understand where this could be uh, pushed them too far, as it does in the movie, right? Sure. But if you are capable or if you are, have the, the wherewithal to deal with a situation like this, then it can be very inspirational. I mean, because people look at Whiplash, like for some people, it's like, oh my God, this movie, this teacher is incredibly inspirational. What a dick, right? So it, it, you have to be, I think, predisposed. Hopefully, to Michael, be able that to... wasn't
4: your movie. Well, <laughs> I, I, that's a, that's a, I mean, I, I did want to shout out that Whiplash is one of the quintessential stories of our time about that very kind of yep. teacher and that danger of the, the worst words in the English language are a nice job. Yes. There's something to that. And, you know, I, I feel like the climax of that movie, Whiplash Now, yeah. is, is very much in keeping with what you're talking about. Like, how do we achieve excellence without a certain brand of torture? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's something that every teacher wrestles with. And you're the sometimes the worst teachers, you know, are the ones that have a lot of impact on you because they force you outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yep. Whiplash was very nearly my pick. I was
5: wrestling between Mr. Holland's Opus and Whiplash last night. Like I, I Whiplash is a, just a terrific dark movie, kind of the polar opposite of uh, right. of uh, of Mr. Holland's Opus. But, I yeah. agree. That's, That's why on. I love it yeah
0: <laughs> in, they, in no way guy. in no way do i want to dismiss nurturing teachers because obviously they can have as big or greater effect and and import even greater words of wisdom so not everybody needs to be kingsfield or yoda there are amazing and especially at a young age when you you're
1: want not to prepared see them for up, this, though? i want to see yoda important. teaching law school yeah
2: there's <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> a dime go tell you call great. your mother and tell her you'll <laughs> never be a jedi
0: forget the muppets now we're gonna do the real muppet yo yeah yoda yoda in the paper chase that would be awesome (laughs) oh i'd see that movie over and over again um okay well that brings us to friday and a very special friday because we have a former teacher and a very talented writer producer joining us on friday and uh, it's Michael Narducci. So we're and 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 you're unpredictable because we we don't know where you're going to go with this. It It'll be very interesting. Um, <laughs> I, love, uh, I love this podcast because you guys are all
4: good friends. And over the course of your four picks, you curate a perfect time capsule of the theme that you're talking about. And it's not the same film Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I hope that with this pick, I can keep that going. Um, I thought a lot, a lot of pressure, isn't it? The topic, right? Well, yeah, thanks. I'm going fifth. <laughs> so, you know, how many of my picks are already gone? I might have gone Empire Strikes Back. I was thinking about it for sure, but I kind of knew Ashley was going to go there. <laughs> so,
0: you know, should it You can't it be- go wrong with Goodbye, Mr. Chips.
4: Right, right okay, fair <laughs> enough. But, but that is about a fantastic teacher, and it's a great movie, uh, but you could also interpret this assignment as- what is a movie that will stand the test of time about the student teacher relationship and how that can sometimes not be perfect. So Mm. the teacher in this movie um, isn't a bad teacher, um, makes a mistake and along the way might get knocked off the Mount Rushmore of all time teachers. But it's an
0: important study of what happens in a school system. It's from, Okay, but Mike, uh, I wanna stop you there. The, uh, the um, David Lee Roth hot for teacher video is not come. eligible because it's come. too short. We need a full right. feature film.
4: So seamlessly, I will pivot to my second choice, and that is uh, from a director that you guys all know and love, and I'm sure there are other of his movies that you really like, Um, and this is also from a novelist that I'm sure, even if you haven't read his books, uh, you're familiar with his work. I read this movie in its manuscript form because the teacher that I mentioned to you, Dr. Rhonda Rockwell, worked with this guy, and introduced him to me, and he was one of the first writers to uh, read my short fiction. And he gave me this film as a manuscript, which attracted the attention of Alexander Payne, who made it into 1999's election. If you're one of the
6: millions of Americans who still believes that honesty, integrity, and fidelity are the cornerstones of our democracy, we suggest you wait for another preview before getting your popcorn. In the nation's capital, a new leader has found a place in the halls of power. But her story began in the halls of high school.
1: We'll move on now to the
2: presidential race with three candidates running. The first is Tracy Flick.
9: One thing that's important to know about me is that I'm an only child. My mom is really devoted to me. She likes to write letters to successful women like Elizabeth Dole and Connie Chung and ask them what advice do they have for me, Tracy, her daughter.
2: The next candidate for student body president is Paul Metzler. I just don't think somebody would do something like that on purpose. I think you did it. And if you want to keep questioning me like this,
9: I won't continue without my attorney present and do not often speak with you and ask for things. But now I really must insist that you help me win the election tomorrow, because I deserve it and Paul Metzler doesn't, as you well know.
1: The final candidate, sophomore Tammy Metzler.
4: I'm attracted to the person. It's just that all the people I've ever been attracted to happen to be girls. You should stop her. She's not qualified.
5: We can't both run, can we? I mean, we're brother
1: and sister, can we? Tracy and I are totally in love. In
2: love? Yeah. So is this a moral situation or an ethical situation?
9: When I win the presidency, that means you and I are going to be spending a lot of time together. (laughs) (laughs) Cast your vote for Tracy Flick next week. You won't just be voting for me. You'll be voting for yourself.
2: Who knew how high she would climb in life? I had to stop her. Excuse me! Will you please be quiet? Now.
6: Paramount Pictures presents an MTV Films production.
2: Order!
9: Order!
6: Starring Matthew Broderick, oh. Reese Witherspoon.
9: Hey, what happened to
2: your eye? What happened to your eye?
6: Are you okay, Mr. McAllister? I'm fine. On the road to greatness. Never underestimate. An overachiever.
2: Looks
9: like you could use a cupcake.
6: Election. Cast your vote.
9: But don't vote at all!
4: And it became the quintessential story of how a teacher finds in his classroom an archetypal force of nature student who exceeds his ability to teach. And he falls victim to one of the worst mistakes you can make trying to shoehorn a, a student through a lesson that you, as the authoritarian master of your classroom, thinks that she deserves. And, and along the way, you know, you completely screw up and actually. Uh, lose touch with the very things you are known for, which is being a teacher who tries to instill some sense of justice and ethics and morality into your students. And he completely loses himself by trying to teach her a lesson. And so great is this character, Tracy Flick, played by Reese Witherspoon, that we now refer to the archetype of a Tracy. Oh, she's a Tracy Flick. And I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but Tom Prada just published um, a novel, kind of a sequel novel to this Mm -hmm. original book, Tracy Flick Can't Win, which came out earlier this year. And it's a fabulous novel. Um, Alexander Payne's uh, incredible movie is both funny and poignant. Nobody in the film is luminous. Everybody feels like they are a real person from a small school in the middle of nowhere, middle America. And it's you know it's sad it's touching it's got you know Matthew Broderick as Jim McAllister this incredible teacher who's so gifted that he's been nominated as teacher of the year several times Um, he's also kind of coasting a little bit and he's not sure what's going on with his marriage his best friend has just been fired for sleeping with a student Uh, Reese Witherspoon plays Tracy Flick who is I'm sure you know kind of like Um, Tom had to have been inspired by Hillary Clinton as he was imagining this uh, story. Um, Chris Klein from American Pie plays this kind of doofus young jock who you kind of want to hate, but he actually is pretty good hearted and sweet. And that messes with your uh, feelings as you watch this movie. It dimensionalizes his character in a way. Um, uh, he has a sister who is uh, exploring her sexuality. Uh, and there's you know this touching story of her deciding to run for president of her class as a kind of fuck you to the system. And it is inspiring and it's hilarious. And all of these characters feel real and along the way, Matthew Broderick's Jim McAllister decides he's going to control the student council election by taking one vote away from the obnoxiously ambitious Tracy Flick and handing it to the well-meaning, good-hearted, do-nothing jock, because he thinks that that's the best way to handle what these kids need. And he gets caught in the process and it absolutely ruins his life. And I saw this film in 1999, right as I was about to begin my journey as a teacher and what a (laughs) cautionary tale it was. Um, Don't think that you're God in the classroom because you are not. Um, And this, I've I've rewatched it recently. It absolutely holds up. It's hilarious and sad and beautiful and emotional and poignant. And it's a great study in that dynamic of teachers and their students and, and what can happen and what can go wrong in their relationships.
1: I don't know about you guys, but that that looks like an A-plus to me.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, actually, I read the book before I saw the movie. I went through this weird period where I was like reading Tom Parada and Chuck Pluniac. And so like I think I read like Fight Club and then election, which are essentially the same novel. <laughs> basically the same. <laughs> and uh, and oh, I love I love that book and I think the movie was terrific too. and I, I disagree with you, sir. I think that Reese Witherspoon is, Witherspoon is inherently luminous. Uh, but yeah I I, I I get your meaning in this case. What a what a what a fabulous pick. It, uh, it was on my short yeah.
5: list. Yeah, it was at the top of my list as well. I adore this movie. I watch it every couple of years. It's just wonderful. It's 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 got everything in it, you know? It's it,
0: yeah, it's just terrific. Yeah. Well, look, that puts us uh we're we're gonna we're gonna program Saturday, and that puts us in an awkward position because so many uh uh so many great movies still on the table. One film I considered and dismissed only because it doesn't reflect well on teachers and teachers don't need any more problems these days is Stanley Kubrick's Lolita, based on the Nabokov novel, James awesome Mason, thing. of course. <laughs> that would have uh, been a really it. great Wednesday. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> and it's just such a fantastic film. But, uh, you know, given the fact that um, there's so many that paint teachers as, it's, you know, how to correct you. Look, and, it's very removed from him being a teacher. The, the, but he is, the, he the, moves the, there. And yeah, moves there with Shelley Winters because he's yeah, come to teach. And right? he's it's so impressed a, that he's a
1: teacher. It's always a sidelight. It really has nothing to do with the, with the movie movie itself so i don't okay. think it puts a, a bad face on teachers he's no mr oh, oh. holland
2: that's <laughs> right i'll tell you what <laughs> what i was actually going to pick i wanted I to do this day. yeah oh yes um, please tell us for those about to
0: rock we salute oh. you ah, look obviously great pick yeah. we're taking the battle of the band seriously this year good because i need the money you're out You know what? I'm going to form my
4: own band, and we are going to start a revolution. Come on, man. One show, $20,000
0: prize. I mean, don't you miss rocking out? Maybe it's time to give up those dreams. I did, and things are going really great for me. Temping. I'm not a temp. I'm a sub. And soon I'll be a certified
4: teacher.
8: Is this Mr. Schneebly?
7: I'm the principal here at Horace Green Prep, and we need somebody to start immediately.
4: So how much are we talking here?
7: $6.50
4: a week. Hello, this is Ned Schneebly.
2: Everyone, I'd like to introduce Mr. Schneebly.
4: All right, look, I've got a hangover. Who knows what that means?
2: Doesn't
7: that mean you're drunk?
4: No, it means I was drunk yesterday.
7: I heard you in music class. You guys can really play. Why didn't anyone tell me? I think it's time we started our new class project. Rock band. Can we tell our parents? No! Lead guitar, Zack Attack. On bass, Posh Spice. Posh Spice. Keyboards, Mr. Cool.
4: Drums, Spazzy McGee. You three groupies. So who do you like?
7: Christina Aguilera. No. Puff Daddy. Wrong. Liza Minnelli? No! Oh, what are they teaching this place? We have a run to To your positions!
4: E equals M C squared. Oh. If from
7: now
3: on you could just stick to the curriculum.
6: Is she always like that? I Except do. for the time she got drunk.
3: She did a Stevie Nicks impersonation. <laughs>
7: I love this song, Stevie Nicks.
6: You know what? I would love to take the kids to a concert. But you guys have a policy about field trips. Maybe
7: we can make an exception.
6: Yes. Ooh, ooh baby, ooh. On Pictures presents.
7: I don't think I can sing. They're going to laugh at me.
6: You've got something everybody wants. You've got talent. The story of a man who gave a class the power to break the rules. Who are they? They're my band. I know they're kids but they're awesome. Just listen. And the inspiration. I
4: pledge allegiance to the band. Yeah.
6: To rock. And if you a the teacher Jack Black. Yeah. The
1: school of rock. I can sing. All right, summer belted it
7: all alone in the Moon. okay
0: good all right that would have been a great uh, pick and that's i think we should seriously consider for saturday
2: yeah it's a, and it's an awesome movie school of rock is just it's it's terrific jack black is is great in it he's hilarious his relationship with the kids is great his arc is great you know he starts off he's He lies his way into being the worst job in the school system, to be a substitute school teacher, and then turns his class into a band for the worst possible reason, but finds something in them. And it has one of my favorite quotes from a a public school, from a teacher movie, I guess that's a genre, ever, when he's having that, you know, the parent-teacher night, and he says, I've touched your children. And I think they've touched me, too. It's perfect. I love that
4: movie. It's
0: perfect.
4: Mike White of White Lotus. This is, you know, his Mm. kind of early chops as a writer. Richard Linklater, who's, you know, Mm. phenomenal, a a god of cinema. And this is maybe a studio version of Richard Linklater, but it's still amazingly directed. It's got some killer oners that he had the brains to just hold on Jack Black during some of those crazy riffs that only Jack Black could do because he loves what he's talking about when he's just talking about the history of rock and roll and you're going to do this and you're going to play it like this don't do that, do this I mean, that, that must have been him improvising. I mean, I, if, if not, he's just phenomenal
0: I mean, it was incredible Yeah, and it's so funny and uh, it also, you know, these kids who uh, you know, may, uh, have these passions and making it happen you know, a lot better than Flashdance like Well, Flashdance is another one
1: Flashdance? Oh uh, no, no, not Flashdance. Um, fame. Um, fame, 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 yeah, fame. Fame's
0: a great, uh, great That's film from an amazing the great Al Parker teacher
1: student, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the the other one that I, I was thinking of is actually a series of movies in in a in a row uh, highlighting Harry Potter. Perha- perhaps <laughs> the worst teachers ever. Harry Potter, yes.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All these kids are in mortal danger every day.
8: And, and the teachers
0: apparently don't really care. So, you know, there you go. That's why those teachers are paid more. And in the 90s, there was a series of films that I kind of inspired this week. There was Stand and Deliver, mm-hmm. Lean on Me, mm-hmm. Dangerous Minds. I mean, right. there's a whole series of, uh, of of these kind of like, you know, troubled inner city Teachers who turn things around, and some are better than others. I mean, obviously, I really, uh, uh, you know, uh, James uh, J- J- Edward James almost terrific in, in, in stand deliver. Stand by him, stand uh, deliver. Uh, mm-hmm. Lean on me is terrific performance from uh, Morgan Freeman. Um, What's the one I mean, with Michelle Pfeiffer? Dangerous, Mind. Dangerous minds. minds. Dangerous minds. Right. minds. Yeah,
1: and it it's a little bit a true dude.
0: story. But they're all. I it's think they're all based on true stories. stories. Um, um, you know, if you go back to the 50s, you have Glenn Ford, The Blackboard Jungle, yeah. which was the original kind of iteration of that kind of film. Like, oh, the urban jungle. It's like tough.
8: Who can and forget Tom
2: Berenger in The Substitute?
8: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Class of
2: 1999. Right. Yeah, um, nah, nah, nah. in The Principal. Well,
0: let's I see. Are we, are we going to go with like uh, Class of 1989 or Wild Strawberries? The Ingmar Bergman <laughs> film. Uh, the faculty- Wonder Boys was, is wonderful. The Wonder Boys was
2: actually was on my list. Man, I, I,
5: speaking of mortal danger, I, I probably should have continued my Arnold Schwarzenegger streak with Kindergarten Cop. Oh that's, that's a fun <laughs> one.
0: <laughs> what an interesting a movie, one. and that's a R-rated hardcore movie. Has all these fun, kind of loosey-goosey, kind of hysterical stuff with him teaching the kids. But then it becomes an Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> movie where <laughs> everyone's dying. <and laughs> it's 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 a very interesting. Ivan Reitman directed it. It's funny, because the movie, and I think I've said this before, I had no interest in ever seeing. and 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 we were doing the Schwarzenegger. Uh, films at home because uh, isaac uh, was a big schwarzenegger fan my son and we watch it i'm like oh, i don't know why i saw this movie it's this pretty good <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I, we, I, t- we touched on another movie briefly earlier
5: uh and that's the karate kid which yeah. is mm. i think one of the best student uh, mentor relationships uh, ever put on film and uh, uh miyagi is just a, a wonderful teacher in that film Well, he tricks
4: tricks Daniel, you know, and it's about that need of the student to give away control so that the mentor can guide you. You might not think I need to do algebra. I'm never going to use algebra when I grow up, but doing algebra now will sharpen your brain on the stone of algebra so that someday you'll continue to have a sharp brain and you know, sand the fence, wax the car. Those are the things that he needs to do to get yeah. karate. And he needs to, you know, trust his teacher. So it's a beautiful lesson. Yeah. Rushmore is less
0: about teaching than about teachers, because of course, uh, Jason Schwartzman's in love with his, not even his teacher, but uh, with a teacher. And, um, And Bill Murray is in love with the same girl. And it's a wonderful Uh, Wes Anderson film, just terrific. Uh, uh, Can't say enough good things about it, but probably not. probably my my favorite Wes Anderson film, but yeah. Yeah, me too. uh, That and Royal Tenenbaums for me, Um, but I love
2: Rushmore. Yeah, what I like about almost everything that we've said so far for Saturday is that it's a lot of the stuff is just, it's fun. I mean, if you think about, you know, how we we, we, your first blush response to, oh, you want to do, you know, movies about teachers. You sort of go to an, a very earnest place. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a place for that, right? It's like, there is absolutely a place for Dead Poets Society, for Mr. Holland's Opus, you know, for Stand and Deliver, for, <laughs> you know, for you name it, man. Like there's, those are valid picks for this week. I, I just love that where, we're bra- where our brains are going now is like, is the is the fun stuff that, because it, and it's fun in the sense that it's like, it is, it is getting to, um, the relationship between the teacher and the student that goes beyond, you know, what is being taught or a teaching method, or isn't it inspiring that somebody reached somebody and kind of got them to do another thing. But, you know, if you look at like, it just, again, with the, with the karate kid, that movie is as much about, um, Daniel LaRusso's resistance to education uh, as it is about his education and that's what makes it fun um, or you know in School of Rock like Jack Black's resistance to being a teacher yet teaching anyway right I mean those those relationships are just they're fun
0: even though I'm, I think I'm one of the few people in the world that loves Michael Stuhlberg and A Serious Man by the Coen Brothers which I think is a terrific film I, I, I'm so on the School of Rock train right now I don't know about you guys, um, uh, but I, I would I, I totally think what a great way to to celebrate teachers. A guy who doesn't want to be a teacher takes it for the worst possible reasons and ends up finding how much he loves to inspire kids and how his passion for music translates into something from being very selfish to being something very noble. And it's also just fantastic.
1: Well, that's because um, you've you've forgotten about Fred McMurray. In the absent professor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so true. Or so Michael
2: Caine in Educating Rita. <laughs> or Michael <laughs> Caine in Blame It on Rita. Wait, and what was that movie? Blame It on Rita.
0: Teachers, remember Teachers? Yeah. That, who, who uh, was in Nick that? Nick Nolte and oh, uh, yeah.
2: uh, what's her name? Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, it's not a very memorable picture. Yeah, what's her it's name? Not, except for that scene where she like goes running naked down the hallway. Don't, it was I'm the mom and poultry guys, man. I don't oh, Joe Beth, jo Beth Williams. Thank you. Mm.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um. The uh, <laughs> you know, of course
0: Denzel was in the Great Debaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marley Matlin and Children of a Lesser God. Right. The master Debaters. Hey. Um. Julie
2: Roberts.
0: Budget. Mona Lisa Smile. Mm-hmm. That's oh, right. Girl. Mean Girls. Yeah, Mean Girls. Great is great. Um, and, and don't forget, the
5: rain in Spain stays mainly on the plane. Are we talking about
0: Pygmalion or My Favorite Year? <laughs> my favorite lady guy or, or, my fair my oh, fair or My lady. Fair Lady? My fair lady, <laughs> My Fair Lady. Mr. Hand <in>, uh, <laughs> and Mr. Fast Times shows on, huh? up at the guy's house to give him the lessons that he needs. Oh yeah. God, I didn't even have Fast Times on my list, and what a great choice that would be! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that
5: was at the top of my list. Actually. Yeah, Fast Times. <laughs>
0: fast, fast Times is such a terrific movie from 1982. Um, Entertainment Weekly called it the Citizen Kane of teen exploitation, but it's much more than a teen exploitation. Are you sure that wasn't movie. Scott Mance? <laughs> <laughs> he probably called it that as well. Um, but yeah, Ray Walston is so terrific in yeah. that movie, as is everyone Jennifer Jason Lee, and and uh, obviously, um, Sean Penn is is sensational, Spicoli, but uh, there's so much heart to that movie. Um, and certainly uh, no one more luminous than the great phoebe cates in that film
2: <laughs> defines luminosity i i think uh you guys are probably right with school of rock
4: but one other thing that i think deserves mention that typifies exactly what ashley's talking about is the dennis hopper role in hoosiers that mm-hmm. is a character who has no business teaching kids but yeah. is called upon to do so and mm. somehow awakens something in him that was dead in order to come out of his alcoholism for a brief time and try to coach his son's team and finds just a hint of his humanity and a little bit of pride. And, you know, there's something that you give up by being a teacher, but there's also a lot that you get. And that's a great example of that. I think the Jack Black is the funnier, bigger, better version. But I, I always loved Hoosiers. For but we that.
0: see that all the time. These teachers who are in the underfunded schools who buy their own supplies because they right. want to, uh, they don't want anything to stand away, giving these kids a good education. And uh, I just I see it now with my kids, how these teachers can be so inspirational, how many great teachers there are who are out there. Um, there's some bad teachers, but um, there are some really phenomenal teachers. And we all owe such a debt of gratitude to, to 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 them because it doesn't, you know, teachers don't just affect the education we get, but the, the next generation as well. And I mean, that's what was so exciting about doing this this episode. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, there's so many movies. We've only scratched the surface, um, but I think that, that we need to put this one to bed. So, is there
2: school in the morning? Is there
0: school in the morning? That's right. Morning? <laughs> That's, That's, right. Uh-huh. That's right. So, are we all agreed on School of Rock, or does anybody I could wanna... go along
5: with that? Uh, I, I, I Yeah, it's a terrific movie. I was going to make one last play for Whiplash, which uh, I think it's is like the just, anti-School uh, of Rock. A, a, you know. <laughs> it shows a different side. I guess it's close to the paper chase in a way where you've got a, a, a teacher who is exceptionally hard on his students yeah. in a way that that forces them to,
0: to, to achieve excellence. I think that School of Rock is a better Saturday pick for Saturday. That, I think it's true. fun and, it can, you know, as opposed and, to Whiplash, which is... And a,
1: Whiplash is not quite my tempo. Not my tempo.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, are, are you we dragging? Calling it? <laughs> rushing or dragging? <laughs> so you, you do know the difference. <laughs> do, do, uh, do we have a week? Yeah, I think we have a week. We Seems have so a week, we there, there there, we have it. And uh, so grateful to Michael Narducci for joining us. You have been such a, uh, um, a great addition to the week. Um, and I hope you'll come back in the future uh, because it's it's been it's been great having you, and of course, um, Mike uh, Michael's a, a, a longtime fan of the podcast. In addition to being a friend of all of ours, so we appreciate all the kind things you've said about the the show. So it's but been but don't awesome get any ideas in the audience. Yeah, no, I mean? uh, if you it's like not you know, a you qualification. <laughs> <laughs> I feel
4: like I got to play with the big team. I'm so oh, so glad to be here.
2: Go the distance. That's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, let's. Uh, in case you forgot uh, what our picks are, let's uh, let's go back and review the entire week. Uh, the assignment on Monday, Steve. <laughs> uh,
5: Richard Dreyfus conducts a symphony of life in Darren Docterman's favorite film of 1995, Mister Holland's Opus.
0: Darren's
1: turning in his homework on Tuesday. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta win with we're and honor the Dead Poets Society
0: wednesday it's an a plus for ashley miller
2: on wednesday a little green puppet teaches a grown ass man to stop whining about his daddy in 1980s star wars episode five the empire strikes back and
0: on thursday it's the paper chase on friday
4: michael you just transferred
0: in what's your pick Matthew Broderick
4: has to deal with uh, the the iconic Tracy Flick played by Reese Witherspoon in Alexander Payne's Election, which I believe they
5: are they are adapting that the sequel
0: to film, right? Aren't they? Did they announce? Uh, Oh, I I didn't hear that announcement.
5: That's awesome. Supposedly developing it. I can't. And on Saturday,
0: everybody's about to rock with Jack Black and Mike White in the school of rock. I'd like to see that White Lotus School of Rock crossover. That'd be a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, So, uh, anyway, what a a, a great week this has been. Our our thanks to uh, Mark Rivera, making it sound so good, mixing the episode, Pete Holmstrom, for uh, all his help pulling the clips that you hear, and uh, all of you for joining us once again, and a very, very special thank you to Michael Narducci for joining us this week as Mr. Friday. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and... uh, well, we, we're thrilled to have you. So until next week, on behalf of Steve Melching, Ashley Edward Miller, Darren Doctorman, and myself, Mark A. Altman, but not Michael Narducci, um, <laughs> but hopefully back again soon. Uh, save us the all seats. And Eyewitness News starts now.
7: Your elders and so please the help the your them with your need. They see the truth be before they can die. Can they die. Can Teach your parents well, Their children's hell will slowly go by.